Come in. Hey, man, I'm sorry I'm late. The train's Shut up! You're here! And good thing, because we've got lots of work. The talk show featuring unforgettable guests with incredible jobs. And now, here's my boss and your host, Katie Lazarus. Hey, 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 welcome to Employee of the Month. If this is your first episode, um, it's going to last slightly longer than losing your virginity, and it'll be consistently fun throughout. That's because my guest today is Liz Tuchillo. She's a romantic comedy writer, and it was such a joy to sit down with her. She didn't start in TV writing until age 38 when she snagged a plum job on Sex in the City and went on to write He's Just Not That Into You as well as a novel and even did this series where she'd go all over the world Um, researching and interviewing people about being single. It's, um, I was going to say, it's so much better than Eat, Pray, Love. I know almost anything is better than Eat, Pray, Love, but it really is that good. It seemed like a precursor to that, and it's a lot of fun to watch. You can watch it online. But in our interview, we uh, tried out some modern dance moves from our youth, and that was nothing you missed. So this is one of those moments where you're like, oh, I wish I had been there at that live taping to see that, and, and no, like, you've been saved. You get to hear about it, and you don't have to picture that. You don't have to go through that trauma. So much fun. This is taped live at Joe's Pub. You can come to more episodes of the tapings at Joe's Pub. April 16th is our next one. But here's our interview first with Liz Tuchillo. Hello. Hello. I have to say hello, hello to the band. Hello. Because I'm... I can't not now. Oh, and yeah. Michael, he said, he said yes. a president. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Hello. Hello. Um, I wanted to ask you, you went to NYU, and you got a BFA in ex- Experimental theater and modern dance? No, just ex- the, I went to the experimental theater wing and got a BFA and was in debt for, you know, 10, 15 years for that. That was very, that made sense, didn't it? And what were some of the things you, you learned there? I wanted to hear about um, your process. No, I really wanted to hear about, about what, you, what you learned there. What I learned at experimental theater. Because uh, it, it was the most... Uh, experimental out of all the experimental theaters. Well, programs. all the other theater, all the so at NYU had these different schools, and there was like Lee Strasberg and the Circle in the Square and uh, Stella Adler, and and my, and then there was the experimental theater wing where all the completely like freaks that didn't fit in anywhere went. It's like a whole new level of acid trip, is what it's I'm imagining. Exactly, the whole new level of spending a lot of money and not being able to get a job after college. <laughs> Amazing. I like that these can get tiered. Yeah, that now be, that like, is like the be, most insane. Like basket weaving is actually more productive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I studied. Um, I studied a lot of. It was all about like Rotowski and physical theater and rolling around on the floor and postmodern dance and and uh, vocal exercises where you had to lie on the floor and then you'd fall asleep because you didn't really know what you were doing and then they'd wake you up later. I'm t- it's a great, pro- it's actually a great studio. <laughs> it's, I'm just, it's fun to make fun of it, but it was actually a really, I, I learned a lot there. I remember doing modern dance. We'd always go like this. Yes, like, that is a key component. And rock. To, yeah, that's exactly then, like, what you do. Sometimes you'd have like one word, like you'd be like yeah. racism, although yes. now it'd be like binary. Exactly, you know, that's like, exactly what it is. You're just like, uh, um, did um, you- postmodern dance is so um, it's so serious yeah. that if you went like I just I saw so much postmodern dance in my life. Oh, let's see it. 
I will. Well, okay, I will. That that the big com the big comedic moment in a postmodern dance thing would be like you'd go like. Yeah. 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 They love. And the, that was the big laugh do line. Do that again. Do that, that again. Was, it was like. Yeah. And that would get a big laugh. The finger that. would be like, oh my God, she's hilarious. Revelatory. That's hysterical. <laughs> what, a funny, what a funny dance. With a... Anyway. Those of you listening on the radio, she waved her finger around. Yeah, you have to explain <laughs> for the podcast. You have to explain what you were just doing. You were um, I was, jumping. I was jumping, and then I just did the slightest movement with my finger that no one would find funny unless you were in a postmodern dance audience. This is... This takes all the art out of it too. I love it. We're like, I'm like, she was jumping and then she pointed her finger at someone. Like it just lost all of its artistic value. But I'm you sorry. could be like, I was feeling the wind and it helped me raise myself to a higher power. I think that the audience was so desperate for a laugh that they were just looking for it anywhere they could find it. So it was just like, what's how they're still running and then they're jumping and then oh my god, that's funny. But it wasn't funny. But they tried because people really actually want to. See how I'm segueing back to comedy? I don't know. They, people want to find a place to laugh, I think, so. I think they, they were finding it even in postmodern dance. I think we need to. I mean, first of all... We all need to laugh, don't we? I, Laughter I agree, is such a I, powerful... Anyway. <laughs> postmodern dance is hilarious, just the fact that it exists. Yes, because it's... <laughs> because it's not I modern it's dance. Funny. It's postmodern dance. But postmodern dance has been around for like... 30 years now, so then what's next? Where are we now? I have not heard of post-postmodern dance. Can we go back and be pre-post? Or no? Oh, that's deep, man. That was. Okay. Deep. Um, speaking of deep, okay. um, you were a receptionist at Spy Magazine. Did you... Um, <laughs> yes, I was. The head of the magazine, um, Kurt Anderson, yes. said that you were the loveliest receptionist. What? You got quotes from my bosses? That's nice. Um, did you get to write there while you were there? Uh, I did... Oh, my God. I did... I did. Uh, okay, I did... Um, they were trying to do... This is so long ago. They were trying to do classified... They were trying to get their classified ads thing going. Just classified ads. That's what... Want, like, so I it think was, everyone understood that more yeah, than the postmodern dance, It wasn't right? even just classified. It was right. dating. It was dating ads. They Except were putting... For, they were trying to get their dating ads business going, so they needed people to do fake ones so that they would get the bit. Like people oh, that's think. funny. So I did one that said, uh, I'm hungry, can you take me to dinner? And then I, I didn't get any responses except oh. for a man. Oh my God, this is going full circle. A man in the office said, I heard you're hungry, I'll take you to dinner. He and then he like took that. me to dinner and we went Dutch. Full circle, full circle. Did you see how that That's happened? Amazing. Yeah. Did you feel like him take, going Dutch was a sign that he wasn't into you? Uh, I thought I did take it to a sign that he was cheap. I did. Because, yeah. again, we didn't go to some place that was very expensive. So you got I was steak. very shocked. You got the she steak, had the not the skirt, yeah. not I'm the skirt steak. <laughs> I'm sure I had a salad or something. You didn't splurge on the surf and turf. No. Um, you also wrote copy for Denny's and uh, nightclubs. These are really the big high points of my career. Um, I was, I spent a long time, you know, not having, um, like, other jobs, you know, sort of day jobs and sort of. So, um, so my last job before I, I got my job on Sex and the City was working in a, a advertising for online stuff. And so I worked, I did copy for Denny's, I did Tide and 
um, snuggle. Did you do classifieds for them or no? No, I did. <laughs> no, click here was my idea. I came up with. No, I didn't. I'm kidding. But I was excited because you you got to write. I would say relatively later, by 38 years yeah, old, to get your first 30. TV writing job. Yeah. Um, that was very exciting. How did that happen? Um, I. Oh, there it is. Oh, <laughs> you wrote her breasts. <laughs> It's a picture of Sarah Jessica Parker, and it says, written by Liz Tuchillo. Um, I uh, had a friend of I was started watching the show. Uh, it would have been on for already five seasons, four seasons, and I loved it so much, and I had a friend who knew Michael Patrick King, who was the showrunner and genius behind the whole thing. But at the time, he was a, an artist working in the theater. Oh, right? that was a long, be- way before that. Oh, he'd he already like, become yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very um, yeah. successful. No, this was, this was what he, the show was on the air for, had already been on the air for four years, and extremely successful. He so. had a dishwasher and a disposal. Oh, he was there, he was okay. on it, he was already, he was already a superstar. Anyway, and uh, I just asked my friend if I could meet with him, and uh, she didn't really want to have me meet him. You know, she was embarrassing to ask a friend, like, will you meet my friend because she's really a fan? And I was hoping to sort of get it. I was a playwright at the time, and I was sort of hoping that maybe if I met him, he would like me enough that maybe for his next show that he would think of me because I was kind of like hustling and trying to make it still in a big city. So anyway, we met, and we sort of had this amazing connection, and it had been a time when uh, all, all the women in the show were going to be single, and for the next season, they all had sort of lost their men and they were going to start out again like in their late 30s single and I was in my late 30s single and I'm from New York. And so it all sort of clicked in this magical way. But I mean, I would say like, you know, 90% of the population of New York is uh, women in their late 30s who are single. But I got the, ju- I got the interview. That's the difference. So it wasn't a special, it wasn't kismet. No, um, yeah, that is true. I guess that is true. <laughs> I'm not doubting your, your quality no, of writing. No. <laughs> but it is, it's probably one of the few shows, it seems like, where you actually got to just share your genuine experiences and those showed up in the show. Oh, it was the most fantastic job in the world. You showed up at work and you talked about your love life and obsessed over it incessantly. And there was people, and, they would, and then you had your boss saying, more, please tell me more. I mean, are you crazy? Yeah. And it would start actually on the way to work. Cause we had, a, you know, we were all, most of us were single and we were out there trying to, you know, meet people. And so it was, it started in the van ride in the morning going to work in Queens that we'd already start with the, what happened the night before and what's going on and our van driver whose name was Bones. He'd always be like, I stop talking, I don't wanna know. Because he didn't want to hear all the dirt. He was just like, this is too much. Because we were already sort of getting into it already. It, uh, at least in terms of the writers, it seemed like such a magical first job. I've, yeah. I've heard only um, yeah. genuinely glowy stories. And you guys all hang out still and help yeah. each other with each other's work. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's How did that help you for when you were going to face the realities of Hollywood post-Sex in the City? It was really hard because um, I, I, you know, to... Everyone is like, oh, watch out. These people are backstabbing and women are really, you know, bad with each other. And the writer's room is a, you know, a snake pit. And it ended up being like, you know, the most loveliest group of people and friends, women I'm friends, you know, like deep bonds for the rest of my life. And so it was so lovely. And, uh, you know, Michael Patrick King was, you know, brilliant and wonderful to work with. And the actresses were so fantastic and lovely to watch work and huge professionals. And HBO was... Okay, 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 okay. And then you go into the world. 
I still have to like cry myself to sleep after this. And then you get, I know, me too. Take take it easy. I can't watch the show really. I can't watch the show comes on the TV and I'm like. (laughs) Anyway, um, and then you know you go into the real world and it really is nothing like that. So it has. It was very. It was difficult. But was the delusion at, at all helpful? Like, it's going to always be this way. Like, did you walk in no. with that? You know, I'm of- big on not being deluded. And I did. And there was a delusion. And I think it, it was sort of, it, it actually slowed me down. Because if I had just known right away that it was going to be rough, I would have maybe been a little bit more prepared. But I was sort of like, where's that perfect experience again? I'm waiting. Is it going to? And then it's like six years later. Oh, seven years, ten, ten years later. Oh, yeah, no, that's, maybe you should let that go. But one of the incredible <laughs> things you did and didn't let go is you had an episode on Sex in the City. It's just we're just going to look at one uh, What's happening? clip that just says he's what? just not that into you. Oh, yeah. But actually, oh, so move what on. a crazy little. It was, and that became a best-selling book for yes, you. It yes, it was. Which I think that the next book should be She's Just Not That Into You. You know, everybody says that. <laughs> everybody says that. And I... Uh, it was the most frequently asked question when Greg and I would be doing um, tours with the book and talking about the book is that the woman would always get up and be like, why isn't the book called, you know? And we always were just like, because, you know, women don't obsess. I mean, men don't obsess over relationships the way women do. They just forget and move on. Or they get drunk and call. I don't know, but they don't, I mean... Huge generalization, but in general, it's women that are the ones that are calling up their friends and being like, well, his email, there was a dot, 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 and if it was just a dot, maybe it went a minute. What do you think of that? Yeah. Now, you took this, and then it became a book, and then a movie, and um, then you got to do this video series where you just went around the world, yes. like, interviewing people about what it's like to be single. Yes. I thought that was, this is just, this pays for everything, I assume, this movie. Yeah, everything. Still to this day. I feel like whenever I see like too many stars in a film, it's just like they're like, you know what? I want a second house too. And then they're like, me too. And so they go and they like do these movies together. And I only want to work for like a week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after, I'm the exception. You are my exception. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's great writing. Yeah, thank you. I, you know... <laughs> I didn't write that either. That was the movie. You know, let's just. <laughs> um, how much, how much, um, what was your relationship with the film? Um, I got a great vest that says, he's just not that into you. Okay. And I, no, it's fantastic. They were so nice. Nancy Javone and Flower Films, so nice to me and very sort of sweet about it all. And then asked me and uh, Greg and I, I guess that's the way to say it, Greg and I to do cameos. So I was, um, I had a cameo in it. I played a I played a, a minister at the end that Fabulous. that marries Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck. Thank you. Oh, spoiler alert! Sorry, <laughs> guys. You're gonna have to when you get oh. on the airplane just suspend disbelief. Okay. was so impressed because one of your projects after this was you did go around the world. This is before Eat, Pray, I did. Love. I did. Finding out what it's like to be single. You went to so many yes, different countries. I did. Um, and I was so excited. Some of them were really thoughtful, you know, where you would ask about um, uh, what's the marriage called when they force you into it? Arranged marriage. Uh, arranged marriage. <laughs> um, and, um, and others were, were less thoughtful. Like, how did you meet these strippers? I was very excited. Oh, yeah. In France? 
Yeah. Oh. Wow. Oh, hey. Really? How'd you okay. get me and How'd you get me and Jelly Donut up yeah, there? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you didn't warn us about that. You know, the, that time in Paris, we'll never talk. It'll be. I'm the one on the left, by the way. What happens in Paris? Yay. But so you've you've made this career in essence of of romantic comedies. Yeah, and it just wasn't really the, uh, I. I, it wasn't exactly, ha- I hadn't planned that because before that, the plays that I wrote weren't about relationships really. They were, but One was about a basketball One court. was about, a, about a, a basketball fanatic and one was about an awards ceremony. So it wasn't really about um, romance. But then once I, I had done a couple of one acts that were about relationships and then getting on Sex and the City and then I sort of went in that direction. And it is actually, it's really fun. I mean, it's, relationships are fun to talk about. Does it feel, does it ever feel like I've written everything? And I say that because I know a lot of other TV writers, they have to watch Sex and the City <laughs> because all the plots have been done. Yeah. I watch Sex and the City and I cannot believe how much story has been burned through and how much has been, still to this day, like how much has it already been done and already been said. Yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. I do think that, I mean, that's why my, my new projects are less about, you know, sort of more, less relationship-driven and more about sort of other, other things. Modern dance. And modern dance is going to be a big part of it. And so the, the latest project that you're working on right now is um, for FX <laughs> yes. with Annabelle Gorwich. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's, we're, it's in development. It's a pilot for... Um, and it's based on her book called uh, I See You Made an Effort, and it's about women in their 50s. What does that mean in development? It means that... You work really hard and you start falling in love with the project and you start believing it can really happen and then you find out that it doesn't. No. That, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, how, how do you do I mean, you had that with the, you know, Laura, Laura Graham Lauren pilot Graham, yeah. and Related, you had a TV yeah. show. Like, how do you deal when they either shelve it or it tanks? Like, You know, it's really, it's still a question because I think what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get, you're supposed to start not caring about any of it. So you're supposed to have a lot of projects going at the same time and when they all sort of fall apart, you sort of don't care. But then that makes you a hack. So then you care. Right. And then you, like, you just get sad. So then what you do is you're like, I hate TV. I'm going to see if I can get a movie, like write a movie, and then you're like, oh, I hate movies, and then I'm going to do TV. It's like bad boyfriends going back and you forth. You go between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Which is all a very high-class problem to have. I am aware of that. So, well, as, I, as thinking about writing copy for Denny's and stuff. Which is also actually a really good job I had. That was I know, like the was best of say, my job. Out of all of these, yeah, it's no, the most that was consistent. My best job, yeah. <laughs> there will always be a Denny's in a snuggle. <laughs> They will always be there for you. Um, and are, do you think about going back to doing more theater or doing novels, or you're, you're going to stick it out? It sounds like with TV and film. No, right? I mean, I, 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 you know, I always think that, like, I, I always, of course, want to go back to do theater, and then I, I never do. So then I'm like that lame person that says that. So I guess I shouldn't say that. But there is, a, of course, the desire to go back. My friend just had a um, has a play at Lincoln Center, and. Uh, and it was so exciting to see her at Lincoln Center that it kind of was inspiring to just try it again. But she was, it was really thrilling. You know what, though? You can get bad reviews there. Um, uh, Jelly D and I went to go see Macbeth, and it was really long, and at the end, this woman behind us who was like three feet tall, she's 183, and I'm just They're all three feet tall and 183. And she just goes, she goes, I don't understand. He's a professional actor. He can't do more with the character. Uh, I'm going to say ouch for Ethan Hawke. Yoda did not approve. Um, so you will face rejection there and then less money. No, it's true. You have, this, you have this sort of like... I love that I had less money and no money. No, Sorry, no and you have... Yeah, I know. You have this sort of idea of 
what it used to be like to do theater, and then of course it's true. It's like they don't care who you are, and they'll just give you a terrible review, and then you're like, wait, what did I just, what did I just do that for? But yeah, it's the experience. It's getting back to the, I don't know. Well, I hope you never stop writing because I Thank love you. your stuff. I love Take Care. I got you some pens. And I got you a Jane Austen novel journal, oh, the yay. original romance of comedy writer, or the one that we know best. Um, thank you so, so much, yeah. Liz Tuchilla. You guys, please give her a run. That's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. Thank you to Ian Mazoff, to Jelly D, the greatest intern. He really is a great intern. And thanks to all of you for listening. Please check out employeeofthemonthshow.com for future episodes. You can come to live tapings. You can listen to the podcast. And you can just be you there. And that's what matters most. <laughs>